Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When times are intense with hardship, generosity can be in short supply. People just get drained of that whole generous spirit because there's just too much. And yet, as St. Paul used the Macedonian churches you heard today to inspire charity among the Corinthian church, so too we should be enlivened by the witness of our Lutheran heritage. Here's why. June 25th, just a couple of days ago, celebrated what we call the presentation of the Augsburg Confession. Seems kind of pointless, it's just a title, but it happened in 1530. This first confession, used at the time of the Reformation, none other was drafted during very dark and tumultuous times, about nine years after Luther and all these problems, um, the Diet of Worms, the 95 Thieves, all that stuff, about a decade later, let's say. But this first confession used at the time of the Reformation came as a charitable and united effort. I mean, really, it really shouldn't have come about because of so much hardship and hopelessness on the scene. Of course, it required resources, time, talents, and various people willing to stand behind it before Emperor Charles V in Augsburg, Germany. Except that guy had his own plans to make the empire healthy again, and it lacked much generosity. Even to the point where Charles had the intention of not having those Lutherans read their confession. Now, they could submit it, but they couldn't speak it out freely. Similar then to the grief today played out before school boards and parents that we see happening throughout the nation, Charles had resistance. And yet later, during that time, and it was a, it was a fairly long kind of, kind of gathering, but during that time he came to a change of heart. And so he allowed Philip Melanchthon, Luther's friend and advocate, to read aloud the confession before the emperor on June 25, 1530. Now, generosity surely reaches, we must know, beyond men because they can still have hidden agendas. Charles did not become a Lutheran, but he was entertaining things because he wanted to keep stability and a lot of things under control. So, for generosity, we want to talk about that topic. It derives its value, as we know, first by calling us to God and his care for life. As the prophet Jeremiah you heard today wrote in Lamentations, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Grace abounds over life itself. But at last, the face of this grace, all that goodness we could ever celebrate, whatever you want to talk about, the last thing of the face of this grace is to greet all now in Jesus Christ. The generosity of God never disappoints those who wait for him. 
If people were being healed, and you heard in our text, and they heard the gospel being preached, certainly this ruler of a Jewish synagogue that you heard about, a very important significant figure, Jarius, had reflected. He must have reflected during this commotion of Christ and all that he was doing over him being the coming Messiah. Rulers are not gods. Anybody who, who really understands any authority or position finally has to fess that up or they're just flaming out liars and they're delusional. But nonetheless, he also was aware of the help he needed from Jesus. He fell down and in faith said, my little daughter at the point of death, come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. The fear of any parent, right? Here it is today in the text. There was no hesitation or questions. Jesus went with him. And this helpless father at that moment received gracious security. He got what he asked for, and he was seeing it come to fruition. At least it was this way until the first interruption came, right? No sooner had they left for Jarius' home when a woman stepped ahead of the line. She took cuts. It was his moment to have the help from Jesus, and here she comes. Actually, she snuck up from behind, right? And grabbed a hold of Jesus' robe. And she felt healing instantly. But Jesus spent a little time looking for this woman who believed in him. And so a second interruption came, not only of a loss of time and a need to, to help my daughter who's dying, but now a second interruption came by before Jarius. When the news arrived, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? How could the Savior let such a tragic thing happen to his child? How could this be? The grief must have been overwhelming for a ruler who ordered a synagogue by God's law. He knew the ethical issues and having to prioritize because everybody can't get what they want, and yet it didn't happen the way it really should have. I mean, this was an older woman compared to a young 12-year-old girl. This dilemma over healing remains an issue for us today. With so many blessings of technology and medicine understandings, it's still an issue, isn't it? We still want to be first in line, without interruption, especially at the doctors. The old Adam by nature is greedy and fights to survive, whether for, it be for ourselves or for a loved one. And in many ways, we act like those soldiers who divide up Jesus' garments at the crucifixion. Sinners want all the goodness of a generous creation, but miss God clothed in human flesh generously given for us. There's Jesus on the cross, but they were more fixated upon the garments of Jesus. C.F.W. Walther, the first president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, faced in his time the false spirit of communism. It was nothing new. It's always been within this culture and society and times. And 
And we still deal with this issue over materialism, all the stuff and how to do it, who has the rights to do with what and all that kind of stuff, right? And he wrote these words at his time. They have lost God, and with him, the noblest good. This is why they have no comfort, and that by means of an equalization. For they think there is certainly enough wealth in the world that everyone might enjoy as much as his heart desires. But what folly. Even if everyone agreed to such arrangements, it is evident that they would soon become tired of being made equal with others. You get it? We still have a competitive spirit. And we still have different interests in mind. A world made in man's arrangements for life ends in no good. All the while, we know this, death remains the final blow to any of the glory. It arrives apart from our plans, just like Jarius' daughter. Shut out is all hope worked by the hands of men. Grief is right in your face, just like Jarius. He was facing grief at the highest level. And when we handle death, it's right in your face. And pushing God aside naturally occurs for sinful humanity. Jarius wanted healing to save his daughter's life, only to face another one that was healed first. So comes the first promise. The promise then is that healing from Jesus remained a good gift from God. And yet sinners require more than alleviations from the pains of death. That's all doctors do is they alleviate the pain and suffering, the reality of death for every one of us. Thanks be to doctors. I don't like to have those pains. But they do not save us from what we finally all face. When the woman's flow of blood stopped, God in our flesh invoked a great confession, greater than healing, about Jesus as Savior. As Jarius, the ruler, first did, so she fell down, it says, before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. She was already healed. She was already healed as a gift. God has given us healing more than touching physical ailments. It comes all wrapped up for us in baptism. That's what brings us together, that washing and renewal and the work of the Holy Spirit that faithfully confesses Jesus' work upon our lives. Having died with him, of sin by water and the word, done away is the despair. And there is much today, but it's been done away with because this daily righteousness of grace from Jesus remains a gift. It remains a gift, always a gift. A healthy lament over life, because it's good to lament. And so a good way to do that is to turn to the Lord's care and say, for the Lord will not cast us off forever, but though he cause grief, 
he will have compassion. Where Jesus stopped the flow of blood for the woman, you know the compassion. Jesus was heading to the cross. His blood would flow out from the cross and it would not stay in his body for the good of all the nations of the earth, for the good of humanity. This is God's healing for the nations, as you know, of forgiveness. But even more potent for you is the sacrament of the altar to receive the body and blood of Christ in that fullness, to hold on to the goodness of God who has not given up on you. Jarius did not also want to deal with the death of his daughter. That's why he was there, right? He didn't want to deal with death. Well, he was got into it as God saw fit. The second promise is that Jesus proves his power to cast out the deepest doubts before our great death. Surrounded by such shocking news, your daughter's dead. Jesus told Jarius the only good news before him, do not fear, only believe. That was a big request. That's why I had to come from the word to believe in the word. This was not faith, you see. You understand it's not faith sustained by my faith. No, no. A full trust in God's faithfulness in his son. People were going to laugh all the way. Jarius was already feeling that bitterness, right? Because he favored the woman over his daughter. But now Jesus was saying, believe in me. And as they went, there's weeping and crying and people laughing at Jesus for what he said about the daughter sleeping. You know what? That would have been awfully tough for Jarius. Jarius was to just hold fast to Jesus all the way to his daughter. Plenty mock, as you know, the same God today who works through the cross. But his holy name is good for all believers. Marked by your life is Jesus upon you all your days. Where the law speaks death, Jesus always turns to speak life. Christ is God for us, standing in between what money can never buy and no physician can cure. He's right there in between it all. What is our health worth is the question today. What is our health worth if the cost is to lose the word of him who loves us? You're going to get sick again, and you will face death. But the word does not pass away for you, for me, for the whole world. The grace given in Jesus is then his sacrifice. That perfect sacrifice truly is sufficient. His word has silenced death. And will raise, as we confess, even the dead on the last day. The little witness of Jairus' daughter's resurrection that Jesus will do for all people. And so having learned from Jarius how the generosity of God never fails those who wait on him. And think about Jarius as a father. He really had to wait. 
we can faithfully wait to in these times that we didn't ask, the circumstances that come even when we didn't plan them to be or even when we plan them to be and they turn against us. We can faithfully wait with love on others in this life. It's to give generously, not because someone deserves or belongs to our agenda. If that were the case, then it would be not an act of grace, would it? But one of merit and for some kind of glory. Jarius did not know the woman, but Jesus stopped all the same to help her. The church is not an entitlement agency, right? Actually, it's the opposite. We're entitled to absolutely nothing. We confess our sins today. We deserve none of it. And yet we know this. God, by the gospel, stopped to call us all his children. A priesthood who can pray to the true God and be heard. He even calls you part of the family, sons and daughters. St. Paul says today, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. This joyous exchange is what we call it in theology, a great exchange, and it's anything but fair. Since the pain of judgment and death all fall on Jesus, and yet he would not have it any other way, since his saving love is for sinners. This means we can wait in hope. We can wait in hope outside of our hands, but in him who cares for us all. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen. Oh,